And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Virgil to lead us in prayer, and then we'll start with this this morning. Brother Virgil. Our most kind Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for another opportunity, Lord, to come back before you. Sir. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to be able to study your precious and holy word. Pray for each and every one here today, Lord. I pray, Lord, touch each and every heart. Lord, give us open hearts and minds, Lord. Take your word. Yes. Like our lives, Lord, we'll be that servant. Lord, yes, Father. You. We ask you now, Lord, forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. Oh, yes, Lord. Now here today for your honor and your glory. We're going to pastor, Lord, as he teaches us here. Father, help us your today, please. Word today, Lord. Give us understanding and knowledge of it, Lord, where we have a open mind. Yes, Lord, please. To take it, Lord, and apply it to our lives, Lord, in our homes, outside our homes, everywhere yes, we yes, go, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. You can never one once again, Lord. Oh, dear God. We have your way here today. And when we leave here today, Lord, we know we understand your presence and holy word better than we have before. Yes. Just give us that, Lord, to understand it. And we'll give you the praise and honor and the glory for it. Touch once again, Lord. Meet with us here today, Lord. For yes. all these things we have in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Yes, Amen. thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I pray the Holy Spirit touch us today. We need the touch of God, please. Now, we're going back, and I'm on, I, I did a part uh, last time on dispensationals or the dispensations. I'm coming in today from a back alley, and I'm going to come from the backside and turn it around a little to show you what what we have to know before we know the Word of God, before we can be taught the Word of God. First of all, we have to drop everything that we think we know and compare that with the Word of God. There's a lot of things in my mind, your mind, everybody else's mind, and we've allowed it come to our heart that may not be right just simply because we've been taught by somebody. Or somebody's give us some ideas and we've taken that. And sometimes we've got our own personal designs of the Word of God. And the Word of God is not for us. We see that today. And I pray that the Lord will show us what we need to do. Now I want to take our Bible and we want to go to uh, the Word and we're going to look at the, the times in the Bible uh, that it's talked about. In, in in the scriptures the word dispensation is a bible word I'm going to give you a lot of words today that's not in the bible but we're following them and we'll tell you why and why we ought not to or why we should or why we can and why we can't and I, I don't want to be confused and I just want to be plain I'll label today the lesson God's plan and the purpose of the ages. That is something we need to know. If we don't know God's plan, we're going to mess up. Yep. We can't uh, guess that this is God's way. We can't guess that this is God's plan if we don't find that from the Word of God. But God has a plan. It's not different to me and different to you. God has one. You can figure God out. He's not wishy-washy. He's not up and down. He's not uh, like we are. We have, we get up one morning, we got a one mood. Two hours later, we got a different mood. We get up one morning and we we believe this, and ten minutes later, we're believing something else, or somebody else says something, and we're we're swayed by. Our friend on the right, we're swayed by our friend on the left. We're swayed by our family. We're swayed by our friends. We're swayed by our uh, religious people, which are not necessarily saved. We're, We're controlled by what this one says and that one says. Some carry a Bible. Some will carry something they call a Bible. But our final authority, and I want you to know this, is the Word of the Living God. And that's one thing I stress so much when I'm talking about the King James Bible. 
No need trying to study out anything else. I had somebody send me uh, something this week about uh, some things they thought I ought to know, and I looked at it, and uh, I listened to it for five minutes or so, and then they read their text, and it was a different version. And you know what I done? I cut it off, and I don't know what to say it. You know why? Because I don't bl- I don't want to follow. It's kind of like uh, uh, it, it's kind of like what we do here. A some restaurants got good food, and I won't go because they sell alcohol. Amen. Some of y'all may do that, and that's fine. That's what you want to do. But I have enough trouble having to put up with it where they sell it I can't do nothing about. They make me do it. Amen. Because I ain't able to walk, so I have to buy gas. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Come on, electric cars. (laughs) Then they burn up. Hear that about in uh, commerce at uh, they throw batteries in there. They burnt for days, burnt the man's business down. Yeah, and they still put it, put it out and they come back. It, it took, cut the water off of it and fire back up again. Burn his place down. And it's off of these batteries, at the ion batteries. All right. Now, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I read this last week. I'll do it again this morning. And we're going to start. Here we go. Got all the preliminaries maybe out of the way. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 17. And notice what the Bible says. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Now, I didn't look at the details of that last week, but I'm going to look at the details of it today. The Bible said in verse number uh, 15, But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glory in void. Now, Paul was one of the strongest individuals I found in the New Testament besides the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know anybody that ever come up to Paul and uh, warned him or threatened him and he changed his mind. I'm living in a time today when people will not take a strong stand for anything. When I say that, there are some that will. Thank God for that. But they're mighty few and mighty far apart. But Paul said, you, I, you're not going to make me do this and you're not going to make me do that because that's not what the Lord gave me liberty on. He took the, the word of God to be his final say and he said, you'd whack my head off and he let him do that because I'm not denying anything I've stood for all these years. In verse 16, he said, For though I preach the gospel... I have nothing to glory of. I preach the gospel. I have nothing to glory of. I can say the very same thing. Preaching the gospel don't bring glory to you. Matter of fact, it makes you an enemy. If you stand for Christ, you'll be an enemy to your family. You'll be an enemy to the world. You'll be enemies to other Christians because they won't stand with you. Why well, I don't see anything wrong with that, they'll say. So that's what Paul's saying. For necessity is laid upon me. In other words, my job is to preach the word of God. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. In other words, I'm, a, I'm cursed if I don't preach it. Amen. Somebody said, I don't believe all that New Testament. Isn't it amazing God give us 27 books in the New Testament to tell us how to live right and we won't do it? Amen. You say, I just want to be saved. I don't want to get holy. Amen. What do you go to church for? Why waste your time? Go to Walmart. You see what I'm saying? You come to church to get holy. 
to get right, to get like Christ. You don't get it. No, you won't. But you don't want it at church either. You see what I'm saying? I'm saying you come to church with a desire to get a holy life, to get better. Every time I go to church, I try to get better. Listen, there's none of us in here can get ourselves right. It takes God. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed to. In other words, if I'm a preaching and studying and going to church against my will, I'd rather be somewhere else. Why waste your time? God will commit some of this dispensation to you. He'll turn it on you. What is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge. That ought to tell you something about our current world. Everybody's trying to do something to get money out of. Charging somebody. Amen. That I abuse not my power in the gospel. That's why I've never charged anything for any of that. Because it's not mine. Now Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look over. I'm looking at these dispensations. Because if you don't get the dispensations right, you're going to mess up. And you're not going to know the, you're not going to know the, the view of God from Genesis 1. What are the dispensations? I give them to you last week, but we're not going to talk about them in that sense this morning. I'm just going to tell you that dispensations are the periods of time that God deals with man in certain ways and He gives him what He wants him to know at the present time and He follows that. The next one comes out, God adds to it. Don't take away from it. He adds to that and it gets more complicated all the way down. And we've been learning in a, in a long period of time, 6,000 years, how God wants us to live and what His plans are for the world. You know why people don't know nothing about the Lord's coming? They don't know what God's plans are. To know the Bible, you've got to know God's plans. You said, how can I know God's plans? Read the Bible. Study the Bible. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. I don't come down here and tell you this morning that you've got to follow me. I say that you need to follow with me. I ain't down here telling you I got all the truths. I'm telling you here's what the Bible says. And it's up to you to decide if that's what God does. Why would God put it in the Bible if He didn't mean it? Yeah. I write something and you can't... uh, It's not divine. I just want to explain today some things. That's why people are so mixed up in the church. And this may sound a little bit different than what I've been teaching, but this is what we're going to look at today because it's important. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 10. This is the second time that the word dispensation is used. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Now, that's a little thing I want you to keep in your memory and in your mind because... It may not be today. As a matter of fact, I know it won't be today. But in our former, uh, in our uh, next lessons, this is going to come up. So there is such a thing as a dispensation of the fullness of times. What does that mean? We will discuss that as we come through it. Because these are put in there for a purpose. A dispensation is what God has placed at a certain time to certain people, and He wants us to know it. He might, they said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. God takes his dispensations and he takes what he's got in heaven and what's us on us people on earth, and God teaches us what he wants us to know, not what we want to know, what he wants us to know. And so what happens is we try to outfigure God. You can't do that. All right. Now, let's go to chapter 3 and verse 2 for the third time that the word dispensation is mentioned. In chapter number 3, verse number 2, he says, 
if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Now we know there's a dispensation of grace. Right? Are you still in Ephesians? Yeah, Ephesians 3 2. Ephesians 3 2. If we have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given uh, me to you, we are today in the grace, the dispensation of grace. When did it start? When Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary, went to the grave and arose on the third day and established the church and we've been saved by grace through faith. Paul will lead that out. We'd never heard that phrase before. The prophets didn't preach it. They didn't know it. They were under the dispensation of law. Law don't save you. Law's never saved. But that's how God brought the Jews to the knowledge of the truth. Because he had to have the law. If we hadn't had the law, we wouldn't know we broke the law. So the law, according to Galatians, is the schoolmaster, the textbook, to tell us where we fail. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the law. The law makes us see that we're lawbreakers. I've never been perfect and you've never been perfect. But we wouldn't know that if we hadn't had the dispensation of, gra- of law. Yeah. Now we've got grace. What does grace do? Grace steps in, saves us. We don't have to have a sacrifice because Christ fulfilled the law by dying on the cross of Calvary. Now we don't have to have a lamb, a bullock, or a goat, or a sheep, or anything. You see what I'm saying? Turtle doves and pigeons, we don't have to have. We don't come to a priest for him to offer sacrifice for us. We come directly to the Lord. We call upon him. We confess our sins. Then God forgives us of our sins and by grace. And now we're living under the grace of God, not law. Now, the devil's been trying to mix law and grace, and I'll give you some of that. This is going to be a very, very deep study and it's going to take a lot of your effort on your mind to put it together the word of God is like a puzzle you have to put it together piece at a time how many of you learned it overnight how many of you knows all there needs to be if you do I'll sit over the side and let you teach it I'm still learning if I live to be a hundred which I don't think I will but I'm telling you, I believe I'll still be studying. Look at Brother Burrow. He's in his 90s and he's still learning. Yep. The problem is, the older we get, the harder it is to learn. Amen. 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 Not so hard to learn, but to, to retain it <laughs> after we learn it. I forget what cabinet I put it in and what file I put it in. I go back to get it. I know I got it. I know I know it, but I can't. I can't find where I put it. Any of y'all ever put things at your house where you can't find it? Yeah. Anybody did that when I was young, and I do it worse now that I'm old. If we, if ye have heard, well, verse one said, "For this cause I, Paul, the the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles." That's a key too. I wanted to point this out. Paul counted himself as a servant. He's classified as a servant many times. But he is also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. You know what a prisoner is? So he said the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, I don't like to be in prison. You're a prisoner of Christ if you're saved. You know, a prisoner don't have his, uh, have, have his right to do what he wants to. He's locked up. A prisoner has to do what... Uh, the, the one that's over you does. And that's why the Lord tells us He wants us to do this and not do that. Stop this. Don't talk like that. Because we're prisoners. If we are a prisoner of Jesus Christ, we will honor that. Paul said, I'm glad to be a prisoner. Yeah. Because it's a lot better than what I was on my way to hell, lost and undone. And I got a heaven and I've got a better life to live. 
That's what he says. So he said, if ye, there, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which give, is, is given me to you, how that by revelation, and we're going to talk about that word today, that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. I'm going to talk about some words today that people don't understand and we don't comprehend, and that's the reason we don't know the Bible. Revelation. Revelation. It's a big old word. It's not it's more than the book of Revelation itself. Revelation means a revealing. You wouldn't have never gotten saved had God not revealed to you that you was a lost sinner. How'd he do that? He did it through the preaching of the unadulterated word of God. God takes the word of God and reveals to you that you're lost. Reveals that you're going to hell. Reveals, well, where'd you get that idea? That's the dispensation God taught us through the Bible. And that's what I labeled a lesson today. God's plan and purpose of the ages. See, there's people walking up and down the earth right now don't believe there's a literal burning hell. They believe hell is the grave. You understand? Got idiots walking up and down. And we've got a Bible that says there is a literal hell. Amen. Amen. That's right. So we've got to accept that. So I'm giving you some thoughts to look at. Now the last one is in Colossians chapter 1. Just a few more verse, uh, chapters over, or books over. In Colossians chapter 1 in verse 25, this is the fourth time that the word dispensation is mentioned. You ought to keep these in your mind. And I hear people talk about dispensational truth. According to the dispensations. Well, and... Uh, Somebody and I talked last week, uh, last time I believe, last month, that uh, some people believe in you know biblical, well, in doctrinal theology. We talked about uh, how that some believe in systematic theology, different things of that nature. We're not on that today. We're talking about dispensations, and the dispensational truth is the way to go to study the Bible. God's proved that to me, and. Uh, I could go through the covenant. Some, some folks go through the covenants and they say, this is how you're going to know the will of God, the covenants. We've got a lot of covenants. Some said it's, it's through parables. Some said it's through uh, uh, covenants. And God does deal with those. And uh, the mysteries. The Bible talks about mysteries. What, a mystery is anything that we don't know about. But there's some things God's revealed to us, the mystery. A lot of people don't know those mysteries today because they're not saved. God has mysteries revealed to you and me. Now, let's go back to for, uh, for Colossians 1.25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. It's very important to see these dispensations and how that God has dealt with different people. God don't deal with us today like He dealt with Abraham. God don't deal with us today like He dealt with uh, Moses. You said, was He wrong then? No. God's never been wrong. That's why is there so many different? So we'll get the whole truth. He said, Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. Do you see that? We want to fulfill the Word of God or find what God wants. Now let's go back and read the verses 2 before that. Verse 24 said, Who now, there, uh, uh, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and Fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. He's talking about the church here. Put us in the, pl in the place. Now look at verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Does that clear up some things right there? That's what God has done with His Bible. It's been a mystery throughout the ages. But it's not a mystery any longer. God has cleared it up, but He's cleared it up today in the church. 
So Old Testament theology and all that is manifested today. And I'll show you these things here, and I want to look at this, and I pray that God will help us. So what I'm going to do now is just say this. The Bible is not just a letter to talk, just to give you some conversation. It is a letter, but it's a letter of God. It's not a book of suggestions. God didn't write this book to give us some suggestions on how to live. God said, this is how I want you to live. Yep. If the priest went inside the tab tabernacle to the Holy of Holies without blood, God killed him. Yeah. There was no exceptions. <laughs> to let man know that what I say in my Bible is important... It's detrimental to your spiritual health. Now we're living in a day today where people don't care what God says. Yeah. They live their own life. That's why we're living in the most wicked world we're living in and our that we've ever lived in. That's why people the most that's why we everybody said in the last days all about the medical and all that. Let me tell you why we got more doctors that can't can't even do and why we're so much sickness. It's because we are not honoring the Word of God. Now, people don't believe me when I preach that, but it is the truth. Yeah. You get somebody that's living by the Word of God, and of course, we, we go around God and we'll say, well, if you eat lettuce uh, with three pieces of tomato on it and uh, uh, two slices of cucumber on the side with a uh, certain kind of dressing, you'll be all right. That ain't what God said. Amen. Well, in the Old Testament, they couldn't eat catfish, shrimp, and all that. Because that's got to be bad for the health. It's not. God told them not to eat that because I don't want you to eat it. I want you to refrain from it. Why? It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't see how it is, but uh, drunkards tell you alcohol is good. Never taste it. I don't like it. I wouldn't try it for that, would you? Amen. So I'm trying to tell you uh, what we think is... So God, He didn't change His mind about pork. He didn't change His mind about catfish. He just let everybody know that what I told you back there, I want to see if you'll do what I want you to do. Because yeah. now he comes over, and we're in a different dispensation, and God don't deal with us like he did in those times, because he's trying to get our attention. You see, back in the Old Testament, he tried to get their attention to follow him. Now we're in a day, God's still don't want us, wanting us to do the same thing, follow him. Amen. Well, you go a little bit further. Here's what happens. God told Peter, what I've called uh, clean, don't you call common and unclean. Rise and kill and eat. Well, you've this is common and unclean. Don't call it that. Because God comes along and says that uh, they're talking about eating certain meats and God said, you need any of it. As long as you give thanks for it. Yep. Understand all that? You said, I, I can't put all that together. Let's stay with what I'm doing here in the Word of God. And let's let the Word speak and get out of it and quit trying to add our, in, our intention. Do you know the mind of God? Do you remember the Scripture? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. I don't understand God. You know why? Because I'm not God. But that don't mean God's wrong in anything. It just means I don't understand God. Amen. Now let's go. Now I said the Bible is not a letter. It's not a book of suggestions. It's not a book of recommendations. God didn't give us all these Bible books in the Bible to tell us... Uh, 
you know, this and that, and this is what you ought to do. But there are some things today that we must believe, and we better, before we start a study on anything, we must know this. And God did not give us this, but He gave us the commands of God on our morals. God knows what's right. God knows what's wrong. Sometimes we don't know what's right. Sometimes we don't know what's wrong. Preacher, I know what's right every time. No, you don't. How come you ever done wrong? Because you didn't know what was right. If you know it's wrong, if you know something is wrong, if you know something was wrong, would you not do it? Your daddy told you something was wrong. If you had anything about you at all, you obeyed him. And some of us walked around sneaky after we'd done something wrong and, you know, we hated it, but we didn't see anything wrong with it. Church folks do the same thing today. And we see that. Now, God didn't give us the Bible not just for a history book. But it is the best and greatest history book we've ever had. God didn't give us the Bible uh, to be a book of science. It is a book of science and even more. Actually, it's the revelation of God. This book right here don't reveal anything about the president. Except his character. Amen. This book right here is not a revelation of... of, uh, Something on the earth. This is a revelation of God. Amen. So in the revelation of God, this book tells us the revelation of the fall of man. We wouldn't know why we were sinners had we not had the book of Genesis. We wouldn't know this morning the way of salvation had not God wrote us a book to let us know how to be saved by the grace of God. We'd still be in sin. To sum it all up this morning, the plan and the purpose of God in all and for all the ages is contained from the covers of your Bible this morning. God knowed in the in the beginning what the end is going to be. God know when knew when you was coming. God knew you was going to be here. God sent His Son to die for you before you ever even thought about being in the world. So God has not been in the dark in any age. We'll talk about that a little bit later today, about the, the dark ages. We're, the, we're still in the dark. But God knows. Is this plain enough? I'm trying to get you to look at the Scripture. You said that's so simple. That's right. That's what is so problematic about the Bible today in the hearts and lives of men and women. We think this book is so beyond our imagination. But it's an open book that God wants me to read and study. And God will tell me everything I need. Now number one, I believe number one, you must believe that there is one God. Don't ever try to interpret the Scriptures without believing there's one God. He's manifest in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. All are equal. I was preaching on that the other day, still do it. I, I get upset at people talking about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God just is equal as God the Father and Jesus the Son. Or Amen. God the Son. They all have a distinct work to do. God plan salvation Jesus brought salvation uh, and the Holy Spirit presents salvation to you and me neither in there love me more than another God the Father loves me just as much as Jesus the Son loves me and just as much as the Holy Spirit of God loves me God will do just as much for me as the Son of God will do for me and as the uh, Spirit of God will do for me. God wants me to come to Christ. Christ wants me to come to Him. 
And he died for us to prove that. He loves us. And he's got just as much drawing power as the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is the one that's introducing us to Christ. Neither one brags about what they do. These are simple facts that we should have done learn long, long time ago. You say, well, I don't know all that. Amen. That's good. But sometimes it don't work its out its way out to the surface, does it? We keep things kind of covered and hid. Now, let's look it up. The Bible, I believe today, is is very important. Number one, we need to believe that there's one God. If there's more than one God, you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to put Him first. Because He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. These things will be added unto you. Another thing that you need to recognize is that this is God's Word. Amen. And you need to be, and you need to say which one is. you got to come down to where you know what you've got. If I have four different versions stretched across the table, which one would you want me to read out of this morning? Which one would you choose to read out of? Well, it's all the Bible. Oh, it ain't. If, if I had a book that said today that the bluebird, or the blue jay, uh, was, was red, another one said he's not completely all red and he's not completely all blue, but he's kind of purple. And uh, another one said something else about him. Which one would you believe? And that's what these versions do, is they change it. And one will put something else, and they'll change it. And the devil is pretty smart with his, with his Bibles, his Bibles, that he calls the Word of God. And we need to look at this. The Bible, and, it's, and I carry the King James, I got the King James, I hold the King James... I don't read nothing else but the King James. I don't study it. I won't even have it in my home. I won't have it in, in my car. Amen. I'm not going to have it. Amen. Because I've, I'm sold on the fact that the King James Bible is, and we're going to look, look at that today, it is the divine, authorized, inspired Word of God. Amen. Can all these different versions be inspired if they don't say the same? All right. Can can any of these versions be can 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 any of these versions contain the word of God? Yes. They can contain portions of it. Yep. But how much of God's word do you want? I want all of it. Can you mold your character off of the perversions? Nope. It'll have you thinking something's all right that's wrong. So I've got to know what God's example is for me. So there's got to be one God, then there's got to be one Word of God. Who is the Word of God? Somebody tell me right quick. Jesus. In the beginning is the Word, the Word is with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1. 1, 1. You see? So we want the Word of God. I want Jesus' words to tell me. I want Jesus. He's my instructor. Of course, the Holy Spirit brings the message. I don't talk to Him personally. I talk to, to God the Father through Christ, and uh, I talk to all three of them through the mediator, which is Christ. But I'm saying to you in the Word that I want what Jesus says. I don't want what Dr. Bottle Stopper says. So I look at the Word of God. I follow it. Now, we've got to have one God, one Word. The Bible speaks to us today and deals with us. It deals with four main characters or four main entities. If you don't get this right, you're not going to get it right. It's going to be messed up. God the Father, God the Son, 
God the Holy Ghost, and Satan. If I want to know what's going on with any of them, I study His one divine word. So there's four entities. Remember that. People, well, I hear them talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and, and of course, we don't lift Satan. But I have to know enough about Satan that I know when he shows up. There's a lot of churches people go to today that if they had a preacher that was a minister of Satan, he is one that's found in the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul's writings, by the way, and he's telling us that Satan will even transform himself into angels of light. Would you know? You know what an angel of light is? He's somebody that's bright, sparkling, knowledgeable, lovely, and people swallow everything he says. Why do you believe that people want to run after these people in the big churches, makes a lot of money, drives fancy cars, wears fancy clothes, and they'll listen to him tell you something out of the Bible that's not even a Bible before an old country preacher will tell you what God says. Why would they why would they pass a church five miles from their home and drive a hundred miles to hear this flaming evangelist or somebody that claims to be of God? Why do they do that? Amen? So you see where I'm coming from. Would you really know if if your preacher was a false prophet? Would you really know if you had one that was not preaching the Bible from cover to cover? Just because he carries the Bible don't mean he will. Preach it. Would you know if you was talking to somebody today as classified as a preacher, would you know where... He belongs to Satan or belongs to God. Then we need to study the Word of God and find out how we can know. Let me ask you this. If I give you a $100 bill and I had two of them and I gave you one and somebody else another, could you look at them two $100 bills and tell me which one is a counterfeit? I doubt I could. Matter of fact, most folks can't because you'll give a $100 bill to someone and they'll mark it with something to see if it turns a certain color or hold it up and look under it and all that stuff. So they don't know. But somebody at the bank, and they teach them how to do that. It's the feel of it. Well, could you tell... That's a counterfeit preacher or a real preacher. That's why I tell everybody to be careful about these that are on the internet. If you don't know them. That's why I, one precaution I have is if they're preaching out of something besides the King James Bible, leave it alone. That's already a one sign. And you start ignoring that one little part. And what you're going to do is you're going to find yourself down the road and can't get yourself out of the, out of the corn maze. Yeah. You won't be able to find the end. Uh, you won't be able to get back to the entrance. You ever been somewhere? I was in a place the other day. It was a, uh, what is it, a junk store. I like junk stores. Yeah. And I was going to one room and I couldn't get the buggy back out. I had to come back out and get in there. And I turned turn right, and when it, it ended, I come back down, went that way. And then I went out into just about, I believe, and didn't know where I was. And uh, they liked it. That's, that's, uh, that's excitement to get you there. It seems to be more fun just to run through the mazes. But I'm, uh, I'm uh, looking at it. You understand where I'm coming from today? What I'm uh, teaching you is something that you can't, I can't do on Sundays and regular sermons. That's what we do it in these places like this and studies 
that we can get and see that we need to know what real is from the unreal. And that's what the dispensations teach us. And that's why we're going to look at it. There's four persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and Satan that the devil that the Bible deals with. Number two, it deals with three places. This Bible from Genesis to Revelation deals with three places. Heaven, earth, where we are, and hell. Everything in this Bible has to do with one of them three places. It's either from God in heaven that He's speaking from, or it is what God has done for the earth, or what God did on the earth, and what men are doing on the earth, or in hell, where people are after they die, and He tells us a lot about that. That's the three places. Nothing else. Where else in the Bible have you ever heard purgatory? They'll spend all their money in a Catholic church trying to pay for everything, penance and everything, and they get all the money they can. Then after you die, they let your family get the rest of your income trying to pray you out of purgatory. Monetary. Where's that taught? Where's it taught that the grave is hell in the Bible? So people are... See, I, I believe that there's a literal burning hell. Man goes for, from here to hell, lifts his eyes, or he goes from here to heaven and shouts it out. Yep. Amen. I read in my Bible and find out that my body goes to the grave and the skin worms eat it up and it goes to corruption and the bones and everything I've got will turn dust over a period of time. It'll go back to the earth from whence it comes. Yeah. But I also find in the Word of God that my soul and my spirit will go back to God from whence it came. Yeah. I find out that my body would not move when you pull the spirit and the soul out of it. I'm animated and speaking and you can see me, but you're not seeing me. You're seeing my body. How do you know all that? Bible. Just that's where you got it. You believe the same thing, don't you? Amen. So there's three places. There's three <coughs> entities. There are three classes of people on the earth. Only three. And they are, and you have to get this, and if you don't get this, Dispensations uh, will teach you this, and that's why I'm going to get into these dispensations, dispensations, in in a later hour. There's three classes of people. You've heard it before. I preached it a lot. Jews, Gentiles, and what's the third one? The church. Jews and Gentile and the church. God, from Genesis to Revelation, is either speaking to the Jews, the Gentiles, or the church. And you've got to figure out where he's talking. Now, in the course of that, there's two, two groups under them people. And one is the saved, and the other is the lost. There's no good sinners... No bad sinners. All are bad <laughs> in the sense of the sins. And I mean somebody can and when I say that I'm saying, well you can you can be a good you can be a good sinner. A good sinner is one that comes to church. Don't do all this stuff. God classifies them sinners, period. And he classifies them saved. There's no perfect saved people. Where do you get all that? Out of the Bible. Now this is just plain basic teaching today. I don't know if I can get it any simpler. And this, I can't. Maybe somebody else can. But I'm telling you, I see all this. So we got to look at it. So when we look this Bible up and we look from Genesis to Revelation, what we are doing is we're looking at how 
God deals with the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. And I'm going to talk, if I have time today, I'm going to tell you why we've got this doctrine today that some people believe that the church is the Jewish nation and that we are Jews, spiritually speaking. And that they have now put a group of people and the Jews and the Gentiles in the church are the same. Well, they are in the spiritual body. But I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. I'm not a spiritual Jew. I'm a born-again believer. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? A Jew is a Jew. If he's saved, he's a born-again Jew. And if a Gentile is saved, he's a born-again Gentile. But I'll always be a Gentile, and a Jew's always going to be a Jew. I mean, that's really stretching it, ain't it? I mean, we have to really get our brain to work and to figure all that out. Mm-hmm. Well, where we get it? We get down to the Bible because God deals with the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. Yep. Now, church, he has he is incorporated the Jew and the Gentile, but he's not made us the same. God's still going to do... What's God going to do with a saved Jew? Take him to heaven when he dies. What's he going to do with a saved Gentile? Going to take him to heaven when he dies. What's he going to do with a lost Jew? Send him to hell when he dies. What's he going to do with a lost Gentile? Send him to hell when he dies. Now what's he going to do to the church? The church is going to go through a a reign. We'll talk about that maybe in just a little bit. He's going to give them a time on the earth with the Lord. Church. Born again. That will be Jews and Gentiles. All right. Now let's go a little bit further. I'm just putting in a little bit at a time. The Bible has been given to us in a piecemeal thing. If you don't get this right, you're going to mess up. I keep telling you. The Bible is in piecemeal. God has given it to us little at a time. It's been over 1,600 years and some 40-odd writers that has given us the Bible. Got it? And that's this somebody don't that don't mean nothing. There are two covenants in the Bible. What are they? Them two main covenants. The Old Testament, the New Testament. Right? And uh, these Old Testament and the New Testament, God's put thirty nine books in the Old Testament. How many in the new? 27. 27 to make a total of 66 books. And that's what our Bible is. And it's written uh, by, as the world calls it, ignorant and unlearned men. That's what they say about your Bible. That's why uh, they give you a different version. That's why the devil has hatched that out. Those the King James Bible and the original Word of God was written by ignorant and unlearned men. But we're smart today. So we know more about things than they do, and they're trying to write the Bible to read the way God wanted to write, and that's going in their opinion. Every one of them's different. And if every one of them's different, how can they be the same? If you change one word in one Bible... One word in another Bible, they don't read the same. So how many verses you have to change words in, and how many verses verses do you have to leave out, like the NIV, leaving out 17 different verses? They're gone. They're not even there. Why does that make that more of a Bible? I would say it make it less than a Bible. And so the reason they've done that is because it's written by ignorant and unlearned men. Sure. But there's a factor in that today that you can't, you're not seeing. They were spake and moved on by the Holy Ghost of God. And when any... God can take an elephant and move on him with the Spirit of God and He can be 
right on. Amen. Just like the old, they say, the fish didn't swallow Jonah. The whale didn't swallow Jonah. But when God prepares a fish to swallow Jonah, I mean, a, a minna can swallow him. God opened his mouth enough to get him. He'd be a big Jonah, a big, big manner, but <laughs> amen. And I believe that. I mean, that's how I come to it. I sound like an ignorant, unlearned man. Man, but amen. I believe anything if God's in it. Amen. I've seen it happen in my life. God has done things in my life that I would tell you right now, it's impossible for it to happen, but it did. Amen. It's impossible God save an old sorry sinner that's awful, vile, and wretched, and ungodly. But he did. Hallelujah. Praise God. Put it down like that. I love it. Society today counts themselves highly. And they think of themselves as they know more than God, and that's why they give all this. Amen. The, the, the world... Actually, many of the world, not all of them, count the Bible as an ancient history book. You tell them about Jesus. Have you heard Jesus? Yeah, he's a great teacher. He's more than a great teacher. He's God in the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? People are always trying to lower rate the Bible, always trying to lower rate God. They're always trying to lower rate his... Uh, his ways we've got a better way than God has boy how could you ever believe that every time I got a hold of something done it I messed it up every time you've done something you've messed it up man's made a mess of the world how can he ever think he's going to straighten it out but he still today thinks he's going to straighten it out the world thinks that they're going to get a religious system that's going to be the best thing that's ever happened. They still believe today they're going to get a monetary system that's the best thing that's ever happened. They still believe that they're going to have uh, a climate change proje uh, projects that's going to straighten the environment out. There's no pollution or nothing there. That's, they're, they're, they believe that. That's why they got electric cars and everything else. That's why they're vegetarians. That's why they're tree huggers. You understand what I'm saying? But what happens is man knows nothing. When he forgets God's Word, he forgets how to do anything. The book, they think that some of it's just an ancient history book. They think the Bible's nothing but myths. A lot of myths in it, but there's not. They believe that it's just legends that people have brought forth. It's just religious speculations. These are good things to try some of, but not to live by. They believe this book is a book of superstitions. You'd be surprised at the people that's scared of the Word of God. It's not necessarily superstitious. They just know it's real. If I didn't believe the Bible, I wouldn't want to be around the Bible. But now that I believe it, I want to hold it constantly. Amen. They believe it's a book of religious stories. Amen. They believe it's just a collection of the writings of men without any divine guidance whatsoever. Now you surely don't believe that, do you? How many of you believes that the Word of God is the very Word of the living God in heaven? Amen! That's enough to shout off of and run about three times. Praise God. I'm glad I know that. I'm, I'm not trying to convince you. I hope you're already convinced. I'm not trying to convince me. I am convinced. Praise God. Amen. And I praise the Lord for it. Amen. The Bible is a supernatural book wrote by a supernatural God. Amen. This morning. Amen. And I appreciate the Lord. Now let me let me say there's three things. I just this is a whole lot of stuff to get and I ain't off the first page yet. Uh, 
There's three things that we must avoid in handling this Bible. Now get these in your mind. Number one, we need to we need to avoid any misinterpretation of the scriptures. Now to do that, we're going to have to be on our hands or on on our uh, well on our tiptoes, amen, so to speak, and be very aggressive to make sure that we're hearing the right divided word. Our life is too short to play around with somebody that won't preach it to us. That's right. Our life is too short to be a fooling around somewhere where the men of God don't have you in interest. Where they're trying to save face, where they're trying to build a crowd, where they're trying to make money, where they're trying to please their wife, where they're trying to please their deacons, where they're trying to please the people, where they're trying to mix and mingle. Would you agree? Our life's too short. We better hear the truth the first time we come through. We don't have a second chance. Some of us have done messed up if we got on the wrong trail. Because we, uh, some of you surrender now that you'd never be able to believe what the world says. Yeah. And some of you surrender that uh, you'll never be able to believe the people of God because you've done messed up with the world. I'm talking about people in general from everywhere. Our society's in a terrible, terrible mess. How long has it been since you've been to the grocery store? Well, I ain't going to ask that. Let's ask it this way. How, since you've been to the grocery store and heard somebody telling you how to get saved or heard somebody telling somebody else how to get saved. I remember when I did hear that. I remember when people are talking about the Lord. I still hear that occasionally, but not like I used to. I, I seen this yes in a restaurant I went in and uh, I sat down and uh, I blessed my food and eat then another couple come in and sit down and uh, then I didn't see nobody blessing food till along about the time I was fixing to leave and this other fella comes in with his uh, buddy is working with and they sat down and he blessed the food and I, I heard and I said praise God what a prayer he said, Father, thank you for the food today. I mean, he didn't say, Father, thank you for the food today. And I thought he was a preacher, but I looked over. He's not a preacher. He, I know who he was, and he, he is a blessing. He said, touch our bodies today for your service and forgive us of our sins. And then he said, in Jesus' name, amen. And the fellow sitting with him said, amen. And there's a little woman sitting right over there, and she says, praise God. I said that's the first I've seen that in a long time <laughs> did tell me that when I prayed but of course she wasn't there <laughs> she hadn't get, she come in later and so I'm saying to you this morning that uh, you don't see that it's not a common thing anymore the three things we need to watch out for is the misinterpretation of the scriptures if you got any idea that they're misinterpreting the scriptures, check it out. I remember one time I got caught in a mess. Me and my wife was going to had to sing at a funeral at the old McGahee Griffin funeral home in Cornelia, Georgia. Remember the old big building sitting down there? And uh, I and you know what to do when they got singers singing. They put all them flyers around and they put the singers and you can't see the singers for the flyers and that's good. I don't mind being being put there but I want you to know it was a job to get in there. You had to go through the maze to get in there and sit down. Of course, you wasn't going nowhere anyhow. But they had a fella got up and he's give a little bit on the scriptures. Then the fella preached and he got up and he read his text 
out of something besides the King James. I'm sitting there chomping at the bitch. What am I going to do? I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I know what I do now, but I didn't know. That's the first time I'd ever been caught like that. Service is over. The people went out, and I, I didn't have no other part. That's all I had a part in it. I walked out there. He'd done gotten his car behind the hearse, or yeah, behind the hearse. They were going to lead him on out. and what, Not the hearse, but the morticians. And so I'm sitting there, uh, or standing there, and I walk over to his door. I knock on his window. He rolled his window down, and I, he said, the first thing he said is, thank you for the song. And I looked at him, and I said, next time I'm around you and you're preaching out of that book you just preached out of, I'm going to walk out on you. I don't care if it is a funeral. You make sure you're preaching out of the Bible. You need to be a Bible preacher. I went to my car. Now, I thought of something else that I ain't never seen. I've never had a funeral in all my years. And I walk in and they got a woman preacher. I'm going to tell you something. If any of y'all got any women in your family that calls themselves men of God and people of the what they call of the cloth that's what they call preachers men of the cloth but she's in there and you've got a friend just because she's your friend and your family has done chose them I'll tell you right now when I walk in they got a woman on that probably won't go that far I'll tell them that before we ever go have a funeral I will not preach the funeral I'll walk out I've never sat under a woman preacher and that's the first time I ever sat down to one. And if that ever happens again to me, I'll walk out if I have to tear the flowers down to get out. You see what I'm talking about? We tolerate too much. And when we tolerate it, we th- everybody thinks we're all right with it. I got cousins. I got one cousin right now says she's a woman preacher. Why wouldn't give her the time of day in the pulpit? You understand? I mean, I feel a little coldness come over right there, so I know some of you didn't agree with that, and I know you wouldn't, but that's all right. You're not going to be put in that position. But I'm telling you now, I don't mind standing for the truth. Truth is going to be here. Heaven and earth pass away, but his word won't. That's right. Well, I can't see anything really wrong with that. Okay. I'm just going to put you on the prayer list and keep praying for you. Amen. Praise God. It's about time to quit, ain't it? It's been that way. Amen. All right. I'm going to stop right here.